0: Hey there, I'm Angel Caradas. I'm an audio reporter and producer. With the support of the Los Angeles Department of Cultural Affairs, thank you, I've been tasked with chronicling a long-simmering mystery at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. Are you guys ready for our puppet show? Yeah! You see, something's missing here. It's not one of the thousands of marionettes hanging around, no. It's not the plans for a new show this year. It's not one of the hundreds of ice creams served to uh, those smiling faces after performance. No, no, no it, it should have been here on the second floor of the theater. Here, in this apartment-sized room, the walls are lined with thousands of vinyls, CDs, cassettes, reels and reels of tape. Decades of music, ranging from Japanese composers to Weird Al, peek out at you as you kind of sift through the shelves. The totality of the theater's catalog lives here, all archived by Bob Baker himself. Well, except one song.
1: Even in Bob's really meticulous record-keeping of the numbers and what's in each show, it didn't, it didn't exist.
0: This is Alex Evans. He's the head puppeteer and executive director of the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. And uh, this song he's talking about? It's called L.A. Shake. Evans has been with the theater for almost two decades now. He started in 2007 as a volunteer. And
1: specifically working with Bob in the record library and I was helping Bob transfer and adapt this stuff to
0: what is today. He'd dig up old shows, log where the album was in the record room, what the song was, the name of the artist, that kind of stuff. Evans first came across the LA Shake in 2016, two years after Bob Baker's passing. He was uh, cataloging and revamping an old show. Maybe you've heard of it.
1: The year is 1981. Los Angeles is about to turn 200 years old, and Bob Baker is going to mount LA the history of LA, as a puppet show. And when I started the theater, everyone would talk about LA It's like Bob's masterpiece. that this great show, we get LA all together, and there's these crazy Oro Rig puppets, and there's big old La Brea pu- Tarpit dinosaur, and big just celebration of the city.
0: If you've never seen it, this song and marionette celebration was uh, quite the spectacle. Uh, one act, for example, uh, the LA Shake, was meant to educate kids about earthquakes in LA. But the song was introduced not by a well known, well regarded Angelino, but instead by a mysterious Transylvanian. It is barge 10 554.
1: In the evening, and you see this cityscape um, of like tall buildings, and slowly like the you know bass starts to rumble, the buildings like shake, 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 and like they crack and hop and it's kind of intense, like an intense scene. And then the song hits, and this cracking kind of transcends into this like you know bass drop as a disco balls start, buildings disappear as these uh, three beautiful dances come on stage and do the L.A. Shake. It's not ground, it's shaking. Nobody's fault's breaking. No, it's not ground, it's moving now. Just the bodies in the L.A. Shake.
0: Sometimes but the L.A. Shake only existed on the reel-to-reel of L.A. Olay. Uh, for younger listeners, a real to reel is... I think like a gigantic cassette tape. You'd record a collection of your favorite bops and put them on this thing, a kind of a Smoke Signals version of a Spotify playlist. Okay, back to the story. So Bob Baker recorded this song from somewhere. From what I hear, Bob would go out in town and kind of buy records to see what fits the mood for the piece he was making. It wasn't a science of let's find this song that does this, kind of just like, does this fit the thing? Uh, but anyways, any record with this song on it, the LA Shake, didn't exist in that second floor music room. And it wasn't a popular song embedded in culture at the time. No one had any clue where this song came from. Evans tells me he tried everything to figure this out, using Shazam, sifting through old show logs, consulting music experts, and it was all to no avail. see, with Bob Baker gone, the theater had lost a wealth of knowledge, and likely any tether to where that song came from.
1: For the last decade of the theater, Essentially, the
0: living sources who put these shows together are no longer with us. It seemed like the L.A. Shake would forever be some kind of an unknown specter to the theater.
1: Things here in a beautiful way that we love kind of exist in this mythic, like, oh, "Wow, they used five thousand strings for this puppet," or things that, like, no way are true. But it's way more beautiful to like believe that, you know, this record came out of Echo Park Lake and <laughs> and revealed itself to Bob. <laughs>
0: But then, forgive my phrasing, but a miracle, one shook out late last year.
1: One lucky Christmas morning, a volunteer of the theater gifted us with a record, uh, shipped to us from Pennsylvania, and now we have a very own copy of L.A. Shake. So
0: Evans wasn't too far off with the whole Echo Park thing. I mean, first there's names like M. Haney, uh, Kelly Ford, Keith Johnston, even Echo Park Records, emblazoned all in the vinyl giving a pinhole-sized beacon of light to figure out who made this thing. Months pass, and with an assist from the Bob Baker Marionette Theater and their network of friends and family, and a little bit of luck, the creators of this song were found. The trio behind the LA Shake all grew up in LA, naturally, but these days they're uh, a little spread out. One, for instance, lives in, uh, well, paradise.
2: I live in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm a songwriter and an artist and photographer.
0: This is Marshall Haney, the songwriter of LA Shake.
2: I just work on those particular creative aspects and go to the beach.
0: He's 70 years old. I asked him to take me back to the creation of the LA Shake. And uh, he did take me back, but more than 40 years ago, the year about 1980. Now, while Haney resides in Honolulu, he grew up in LA, went to college in San Bernardino, bounced around in different cities and states between jobs, colleges, ended up back in his apartment in Echo Park. He was uh, a little aimless at the time, working odd jobs here and there, but around 30-ish years old, he landed a gig that changed the course of his life. Basically a uh, Uber delivery guy.
2: Made a lot of money. Start out in Universal City, Burbank, and you pick up five packages on the way to LAX, you get paid for five separate trips for making one. And so for me, it seemed like loads of money.
0: But it wasn't, you know, just the dollar signs that kept Haney going. It was uh, the people around him that kept him interested in the job. You got
2: to go to all the backstage scenes, and you got to meet lots of famous people. As a flunky, you're just some guy with a package they got assigned for it, so they don't care anything about you. But, you know, it's pretty cool looking and shaking hands with these famous people. Barry Gordy's house with a box, Barbara Streisand's residence in Bel Air with the box. I get on the elevator, and there's Ringo Starr and his wife, Barbara Bach, I think her name is, just me and them. So naturally, if you're still living,
0: your heart starts pounding, and you're going, ah, ah, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? He never aspired to be a musician or famous, Fancying himself more a poet, a wordsmith. But, you know, maybe constantly rubbing shoulders with the music world did something. You see, Haney was heading home after a long day of delivering packages and...
2: One night I was driving down the Santa Monica Freeway into downtown L.A. about 11 o'clock.
0: You drive down the
2: freeway in L.A. at night and you're zooming along and you're in a good mood and didn't even need any drugs or anything to get this kind of feeling and it was just... Bits came into my head and I started singing it. Totally spontaneous. So when I got home to Echo Park where I lived, grabbed the famous pencil and cassette tape recorder and started jotting down stuff. And before I know it, I was a songwriter. The idea was not about earthquakes in LA, it was about living in LA is enjoyable. And the earthquake was just the metaphor. I was living on Sunset Boulevard near Alvarado and zooming all over, and it was the disco era and dancing, and you know, things were pretty good in those days.
0: And thus, the birth of the LA Shake.
2: I can hear people walking down the street singing, Move your body in the LA Shake, you know, because it's catchy.
0: With a booty shaking bop in hand, Haney moved to make the L.A. shake the next big thing. He started Echo Park Records to have an official record label, even if it just existed at a P.O. box in West Hollywood. Uh, But anyways, Haney then went...
2: Looking for a recording studio to do the song.
0: And that took him to Redondo Beach, where he met...
2: Keith Johnston,
0: and um, apparently I was the producer of the song. I mean, it it was 40 years ago. Uh, Cut him some slack. Johnston ran the now-defunct Brother Studio right there in Redondo Beach. It was this funky little garage-turned-recording studio all in one shop. He produced sessions for big music acts like...
2: Stepper Wolf, I had Iron Butterfly come in, I had a lot of Willie Nelson. So
0: this studio in. gave Haney uh, a recording session, copies there. and copies of records from the recording session, and graphic design for this thing. But most importantly, it gifted him with the star of his song. A talented crooner... Opened for Joan Rivers, performed with Fred Willard, wrote for Eartha Kitt.
2: And she had been on Broadway. She had done Jesus Christ Superstar in the original play.
0: She happened to be uh, Johnston's sister-in-law at the time. Kelly Ford Kidwell. And I
1: was the lead vocalist on the song.
0: Kidwell was a session singer, meaning Johnston had her on staff to sing on many a tune recorded at his studio. She did hundreds of songs a year. Somehow, 40 years later, she still remembers a bit about her time on the L.A. Shake. I remember it being easy and fun that much i remember even a bit of the song i mean it comes to her in bits and pieces here's her prompted to sing a bit from what she can remember
2: it's not the ground that's moving something wait it's not the ground that's moving nobody's fault
1: no it's just the bodies in the l.a shake shake it l.a move it in You're not going to play
0: this for anyone, are you? So, like she said, the recording session was fun, it was easy, and her and Haney got along well. And she did such a great job that Haney even had to record a Spanish version, uh, even though she didn't speak Spanish, uh, for the B-side. It was all to spread the reach of this song. And yeah, why would you not? Everything seemed to be coming together. I mean, one minute you're sitting in your car humming some tune, and then the next, it is alive and listenable on wax. So the next step, of course, was to try and get anybody to hear it. And that included live performances. From what Haney and Kidwell can remember, uh, it was maybe just one. And even that performance didn't turn out exactly as they planned. We went to
2: discos around Southern California and she'd get up and sing along to the song. And we went to one nightclub and the guy put on the Spanish side accidentally instead of the English side. So that was kind of an interesting experience.
1: Yeah, we freaked out. It was like, oh my God, well, what am I going to do? So I just kept the mic really close to my face, you know? <laughs> and then I'd sing the part that, oh, you know, the part that I knew I could sing really loud, but the rest of it was like, oh, oh, help me. I can still remember that to this day.
0: You know, gaffes aside, the duo did what they could to get the song in the right hands and ears of the city.
2: In those days, every bar that had any spare floor space was playing disco music and you went dancing even if there was only enough room for four or six people on the dance floor. I mean, it was so dominant, it was everywhere.
0: Rhythm, dancing, catchy tune. Man, this song was made to thrive in this disco dancing era.
2: I made the rounds of all the uh, radio stations with my copies in hand and we provided free copies for disco DJs.
0: It was primed to blow up. I mean, can you imagine a whole floor of people dancing to this thing? Uh, But unfortunately, that's that's not what happened.
2: I did see my copies of my record in the used record bins at a couple of places, and that was kind of sad. It was like walking in and go, oh, they don't love you, you know? See your prized possession in the dollar bin. And the shrink wrap wasn't even open, so they didn't even listen to it.
0: Haney tried more official channels to get the song going. He thought it could be maybe like an anthem, something, anything.
2: I sent copies of it to all the city council people in Los Angeles and the mayor and anybody I could think of and got a response. Thank you. Thank you. And that was the end of that. I just liked the song. I just wanted people to be happy and joyous about living in Southern California because, you know, it was fun.
0: After the song, the trio didn't keep in contacts. They all went their separate ways. Keith Johnson, the producer, eventually moved on from his recording studio, moved to Georgia, started an ad agency, did radio jingles. It's still going strong. Kelly Ford Kidwell, the singer, eventually became a mother. And with that, more attention to raising the kids, being with the family. But she kept busy throughout the years. She's written novels, screenplays, even a musical. At 75, she's trying to get that musical up and running. And Marshall Haney,
2: what I should have done was got a job at um one of the record companies. But it didn't occur to me at the time. So I could be running Warner Brothers by now. Who knows?
0: But he didn't do that. Haney packed his bags and
2: I moved back to Riverside and got a job as a school teacher.
0: He spent most of his years doing just that.
2: Then the school district come along and said, All you old timers that are at the top of the pay scale will give you a year's free pay, tax free to quit early, and I thought, oh, that sounds like a good deal. So I got on a plane and went to Honolulu.
0: And there he resides today, still making music, art. But, you know, it wasn't all bad in the music biz for Haney. He made another version of L.A. Shake, even made a musical about it. He even minted a little coin from the song.
2: I did get a check from BMI Broadcast Music Incorporated because it was played in Argentina.
0: And that was the end of the L.A. Shake.
2: Anyway, the song never really did take off and uh, it sort of went in the
0: file. Well, we have the file and uh, case closed. That mystery of the missing song. It's a story not unlike many L.A. stories. You know, people seeking stardom, shooting for the moon and landing on an island of Hawaii. But, you know, an island doesn't make that failure go down any easier. However... Life has a long arc, and failure isn't always final.
2: And it's been kicking around. It's got a life.
0: It befuddling to Haney and the gang is a renewed and enduring interest in their work. This collective memory of theirs that most of them don't even remember very well, somehow has legs.
2: You go on the website called Discogs, which is all about old records and collectibles. It's actually on there for a hundred bucks. And how anybody found it, I have no idea.
0: L.A. Shake did find an audience, just much younger in age, sitting on a marionette theater floor, instead of, you know, moving and grooving on a dance floor. Forever immortalized in Bob Baker's love letter to Los Angeles. I asked Haney if, you know, after all these years, uh, the interest in his song or, you know, the puppet theater, if, if any of this meant anything to him, that his song was still out in the ether.
2: At least I'm still out there being played, even though they don't have a clue who it is that made it or anything, but there's something about it they like, and that's what I was trying to get is get people to like it. But I'm glad people are using it, you know, it's worth doing if it's giving somebody else some pleasure. They're just having some fun and they're keeping the song alive.
0: A very special thanks to Jed Lakritz, Rob Reinhart, Winona Bechtel, Alex Evans, Marshall Haney, or Marshall Songs, Keith Johnston, and Kelly Ford Kidwell. If not for them, the LA Shake would have remained a missing mystery. Thank you for listening. This program is made possible in part by grants from the City of Los Angeles Department of Cultural Affairs.